You may not know this about me, but I play a lot of board games. In fact, the only physical trophy I own is from uh, a board game that I happen to be pretty good at. So trust me, what I'm about to mention is something special because it's the perfect intersection of my two favorite things, good games and good stories. It's called Ex Libris. It's from Oxford Games. And the goal of Ex Libris is to bluff, bluff, bluff. It takes hundreds of famous books, gives you a title and says, what's the first or last line from this book? Everyone puts their pens to paper. The fake lines are read out along with the real line. And then this is the best part. You lie through your teeth to convince everyone that the line you wrote, let's say it's, you know, from Great Expectations and you wrote, first line is a pip, they says, that's what they call me. I don't know how well you're going to do with that one, but if you can successfully convince people that that is the real line, it's seriously, it's so much fun. It's a great party game and you can get it or anything else from Oxford Games for 15% off by entering LAPS15 at checkout. I really cannot say more good things about it. That's LAPS15 at checkout, anything including Ex Libris, 15% off, oxfordgames.co.uk. While I've got your ear, I'm going to be honest with you, I, um... I just barely scrape by on a month-to-month -month basis with this show, and I continue to do it because I know that you folks love listening to it. This year, the lapse is on a bit of a precipice, one where I decide once and for all if I can actually keep doing this. So if you'd like to see the lapse continue to be a reality, I ask that if you can afford it, just a buck or two a month, change you would not even notice if you had lost it somewhere. Make a small monthly donation at patreon.com slash the lapse. There are a wealth of exclusive bonus episodes, mini-sodes, video diaries of my life. I've got a bunch of personal stories. And as of today, if you donate even a buck, you'll get access to a private Facebook group where you can actually chat with myself and other fans of the laps on a daily basis. I'll talk to you there. You can talk to me. You can send me messages. It's a place I can actually read your comments and we can actually have those conversations about the stories I have, the stories you have, and the stories we do on this show. That's again at patreon.com slash the laps. Thank you so much, and please enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Cal Jest, and today we have got a story from Sarah Hager, and the truth is I could tell you what the story is about. I could tell you that it features family. I could tell you that it features gambling, but the reason I love this story is because you will never, ever, ever ever guess, not in a million years, you will never guess how this story ends. And if you tell me you did, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call you a liar because I, uh, I really don't, I think the odds are in my favor on this one. I'm calling this one, and I, I realize it's not the full phrase, but if you know what it means, you get the idea. I'm calling this one Deus Ex. See with your ears. This is The Lapse. Oh my God. My mom was suddenly very, like, one of the only times in my entire life I've seen her caught off guard by something. My grandma didn't go to the doctor for a really long time because she's like, as soon as I acknowledge it, it becomes true. As if you can somehow avoid truth by just ignoring it. It was cancer that was very far along. My grandma died quite quickly after that. Right before she passes putting pen to paper. Sarah's grandmother leaves her daughter one thing. She wrote this story that she owed to my mom about this, um, this single mother who went to a casino. It was from the perspective of an angel that was kind of looking down on her. The mother suddenly hit this jackpot and she had so much money and basically kind of um, sort of made the machines pay out. 
She gave it to my mom and I think that really, really resonated with her. Every time she won at the casino, this act was somehow her mom communicating with her in the afterlife. Nanny's looking Nanny's at looking breath. Breath. My mom was the one that raised my sister and I after I was like eight or nine. And I really idolized her. She'd started new job after new job, you know, teaching herself new things and, but in doing them well. I came from a lower income family. Um, in fact, my mom also, when she was a kid, she grew up with welfare. Seven brothers and sisters and a single mom. I was living in an attic, like a very small one bedroom apartment with my mom and my sister. And so it was a very kind of cramped space. To be honest, um, we kind of got what we needed. Like at the beginning of each school year, we got one outfit each and we got to pick it out ourselves. It wasn't like, you know, go get the plain thing. Like, There's a lot of kind of love into what my mom was able to give us. She never wanted us to miss out on anything. We always did the school trips. We always did the summer camps. You know, we'd be really poor. Then all of a sudden the next day, it's like, oh, we can go to the grocery store and get tons of food, even though it's like in the middle of the week, it isn't payday. Hey guys, guess what? You know, you wanted that toy. We're gonna go get it right now, yay. Oh my God, this is amazing. Sometimes she'd go out and be gone for a couple hours in the evening and she'd come back and my stepdad and her would argue about it. I could kind of hear what they're saying and he's like, I don't want you to go out and gamble anymore. From what I heard from her and from what I believed from her is she was incredibly lucky. She would walk in, five minutes later have a thousand dollars. All of these incredible stories she had where she was just incredibly blessed. And so when I heard him yelling at her about that, this unfair, it's like ridiculous that he'd, he would come down on her and like be disapproving about something that has helped our family so much in the past. When I was like in my late teens and I needed new glasses, when I was kind of starting to catch on, it wasn't as fun as before. Hey mom, could you like help me pay for these? She went to the casino and she took the money that she could have kind of bought those glasses with and helped me out and, and lost it. And she's like, you know, sorry, this is just not going to work out. And I'm like, you could have just taken that and helped me out with my glasses. It wasn't like enough at a certain point to provide for us. She wanted it to be like being chosen and, and somebody from above being like, you deserve this. Let's go out to the mall and spend like you know, a couple hundred dollars. And I'm like, but we don't have that money. If it's going to be gone tonight, don't you think we can save it for something else? Like I started getting stressed out. And it would always be like this very manic. Quickly, we have to spend it before it's gone. We get clothes and makeup, last minute vacations. We're going out of town for a couple days and, you know, we're going to go save this bed and breakfast. Hey, you know, you really wanted this Game Boy. I got it for you. This looks great. Why don't you buy it? I'm like, I don't want this. And it sounds like, oh, she's buying you things. You should be appreciative. But there's like, I had no control over it. If we don't spend it now, if we don't get ourselves something now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone. It's going to evaporate. I don't want these things. I remember getting in a really big fight with her in the mall, dropping my bag. The foundation I bought shattered in it, and I felt so guilty. She she earned this, and why why am I being so ungrateful? I, I just like had so much guilt to go with the things she wanted to give me, and so from that point on, I was like, just accept it, and don't say anything, and don't think about anything. Happy birthday! Our birthday falls in the exactly same day. And so every single year we did something special together, manicures. Sometimes we went to the museum together. They weren't huge, but it was kind of nice. Like I felt like I always really shared like a bond with her because of our birthday. 
This birthday is particularly special because Sarah is turning 19. That's the legal age in Canada to smoke or to drink, or in this case, to gamble. Well, says Mom, big day today. Would you like to go with me? The way she had painted gambling was such a positive experience. It was just like this beautiful nurture, like thing that gives you what you want. Yeah, that sounds really fun, actually. When we were driving up, she started talking about kind of like her greatest reel. Remember that vacation we went to? Um, you know, we were in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. The night before, I won $1,200, and that's the reason we could stay in the hotel. You remember that time um, you bought that amazing dress for grad? Well, right before I had to go to the casino and, you know, I got the money that way. A lot of major life points that I never really realized were influenced by her casino habits. Sarah tries to imagine what it must be like. In my mind, a casino is like Monte Carlo. I've only really seen it in movies, like, like James Bond films. Everything is gold, people in tuxedos, like a palace. So we pulled up in the casino, and and it wasn't like, it wasn't the worst thing you've ever imagined when it comes to casino. It wasn't like a little shack, you know, on like a big piece of land. It just kind of looked like, I don't know, something you just drive by and wouldn't stop, wouldn't look in. Of course, Sarah knows you should never judge a book by its cover. When we went inside, there was no, like, chandeliers. There were no golden, you know, arched staircases. There was just one old guy security officer. And I was excited because I was 19. And so, hey, check this out. Um, I'm 19. This is my first time here. Like, it was, I thought it was going to be, like, this big thing, like, welcome. You know, you finally made it. Like, the doors are open to you. I didn't even check my ID. They make their way into the casino, and Sarah surveys the scene. It's not like something that people had smoked in for a very long time and it never could quite scrub out. It's just like a giant room with like a lot of noise and a lot of old people. You know, those Vegas commercials where all the old people are like, at least they're laughing and like celebrating and throwing money in the air and, you know, throwing roulette things. No one really seems to be talking to each other. Everyone's just like sitting on these slot machines. And a lot of them weren't even pulling the lever, they were just pushing the button, which I didn't know was possible. It was just like, kind of isolated. Okay, says mom. Just a few tips for you. The first thing you gotta remember, number one. Always pick a machine on the far side because those are the ones that are used the most. Number two, always pick a machine that someone has been playing for a very long time and then just gets up. They're walking away on a machine that's basically hot, and it's definitely going to pay out soon. Number three. If your machine hasn't paid out for a long time, but there's a big jackpot, do not get up. The second you do, somebody will sit down and win it. That'll be your fault, because you didn't stick with it. After laying down the rules, Sarah's mom gives her the tour. She was able to point out machines that she'd won on. That one right there, the one with like the medieval dragons, she won $1,200 on. That one with the cats, she won 500 bucks a couple weeks ago. That one right there paid for that weekend we took up island in the bed and breakfast. So when you win that much, how do you know when you should stop? She set a budget every time she went, $50 or $100, just something that was solid, concrete. Do not go over this much money. With all that out of the way, happy birthday. 
She gave me $20 to spend, and she sat down a machine with 50 bucks. Sarah bets, then mom bets, then Sarah bets, and so on and so forth. She started kind of like with a strategy, to be honest, like, I'm going to do this many bets on this many lines, but then it kind of just, she kind of just doing max again and again. Pull, lose, pull, lose money, repeat. And so I kind of went off by myself. Wandering the aisles, Sarah considers her mom's advice. Sitting on one of the edges of one of the more populated intersections, she settles on a dolphin-themed machine. She sits down, she scans her stub. Oops, the first time I did it, I was like, oh crap, I just bet like five bucks. That was an accident. It wasn't even like, I didn't even have a strategy. I was just like, I lost my money so fast. Oh God, it was, I don't know, like stressful, not winning immediately, like I thought I would. At that point, she, she gave me more money. It felt kind of weird because she wasn't really talking to me as much anymore. She was just kind of pulling the lever, pulling the lever. All right, come on, just go go find your own machine. How, sorry, like, I was like, I don't know how to be, like, do I just believe enough? Eventually she told me I was, I was bad luck and then told me to go away. I felt like I'd failed her by not winning all this money immediately. Like, I was supposed to go in and be this kind of, like, divine conduit of luck. Maybe I wasn't passed down that luck. I didn't really want to go back to my mom immediately because she kind of seemed, like, upset a little bit. So I started walking around and looking at the people. A few feet ahead, one of the machines goes ballistic. Oh my god! I walked over and I was like, congratulations! And she's like, hey, thanks! And then she just kept on just betting. Like, she didn't even react to it. I, I didn't understand why she didn't just leave. I remember going back to my mom, and she was, like, really unhappy and upset, getting her coat on, and she's like, where are you? I was looking for you. Back in the car, Sarah's quiet. Her mom is still trying to convey the virtues of the experience. You know what? Actually, this is not a bad thing. The thing is about casinos is the more you lose, that just means you're going to win bigger. The universe has to equal itself out. You know, if something good happens, something bad happens, whatever. But the big thing is that the more you lose, the bigger the jackpot is going to be eventually. This just means next time I go in, it's going to be even greater. I was barely talking, which is unusual because I talk a lot. I guess I was just really, really naive or I wanted to believe my mom because I never really thought of it as addiction. Maybe it's because I didn't want it to be true. I really loved her and trusted her, but I I saw that this was a problem. I didn't think she was a liar. I just was like, this is what she believes, but I don't know if this is true. This is not like a reality that actually exists. I don't know how much money she'd lost. You know, I knew how much money she'd won pretty much because she always told us about it. But behind that was like this kind of shadowy pit of money that was gone. It really was like upsetting to kind of reinterpreting my history, my family history as like, I wasn't religious at all, but I was definitely superstitious, kind of passed on from my mom. And I did believe that my grandma was looking down on us and we would be rewarded for good things we did. So from that perspective, it made sense. What she was saying made sense. If I hadn't just come to the casino and seen what I'd seen, I would almost be like, yeah, you're right. You know what? Bad things happen and then good things happen. It's like everything equals out. 
but she was almost saying that you could predict things. And then, in front of them, just up ahead on the highway. It looked like snow. And it wasn't snowing out, it wasn't cold. And it wasn't entirely white. It was... White pastels. Something is happening, something is wrong. Bang. And our entire front window just caved in, broke into a million pieces and sagged into my face. It was so startling. And my mom was very calm. I did not know what it was. She was just like, oh. We decided to go down to a gas station that was like two minutes down the road. Because we didn't know if someone like had done something or if we didn't know if we were in danger. You know, it was just such a random weird thing. We couldn't tell what happened. Together, Mom and Sarah try to make heads or tails of what exactly is embedded in their windshield. It's white, it's purple, it's pink. Of all the things it could possibly be, it's actually frozen solid ice cream birthday cake. On their mutual birthday. Fractured the windshield into a million pieces. They sent, like, the youngest police officer I've ever seen. He was, like, probably my age. The first thing he asked, he was, like, really sincere. He had, like, a notepad out, and he's like, okay, this might be important. Um, Was there a name on the cake? No. (laughs) It's just, there was a Dairy Queen across the street. So um, he went into it, and they said, yeah, a bunch of teenagers distracted the front, you know, the person working, and they stole, like, two cakes. My mom, like, had become very silent and not talking about gambling anymore, and we were kind of just standing there. I was like, what what are the odds? It's it's our birthday. We're talking about, like, the universe paying out, good things, bad things, you know, being able to expect stuff. This is, the world's a chaotic place. It's really chaotic. You can't just wake up and know what's going to happen because you've behaved a certain way. For some reason, that was really freeing to me. The notion of... I don't know, um, I don't know, the world doesn't judge you. It doesn't take your accomplishments and dole things out, you know, and like, oh, you've done three good things today, you've done two bad things, there you go. I tell you, like, that cake crashing into the window as she was saying that, you can't predict anything. Sometimes when things happen, I'm like, what are the, how many times has this happened before? And I'm pretty confident that two people sharing the same birthday, have never been driving in their car, and a birthday cake drops off an overpass and shatters the window. It's it's crazy. You, th- you think it's never happened before? I, th- I don't think it's ever happened before. I mean, I'd be curious. Maybe there's a bunch of us. This is like, <laughs> this is like a weird group we all get together. And we're like, hey... That story, again, was shared by Sarah Hager. If you'd like to hear more of Sarah's charming adventures, you can actually listen to her play D&D with some good friends on her podcast, Adventure.exe. Thank you, thank you so much to this month's executive-level patrons who are keeping this show alive. Haley Boros, David Gaddy, Bren McDonald, Patrick Freeburn, Elsie Green, Rob Holcomb, Cindy Crines, Matthew Gibson, Jennifer Turney, David McCaw, and Daryl Kane. 
If you'd like to join them, you will be one of the few, and quite frankly, you will make my day. That's at patreon.com slash the laps. If you have a story to share, please, please get in touch with me. You do not have to be practiced. You do not have to have ever told your story before. You don't even need to know what you're doing, quite frankly. Let me worry about that. Talk to me at stories at thelaps.org. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates on the show and sometimes myself at The Laps Podcast. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening.